0: Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope y'all are having an amazing, fan-tabulous day. My name is Kyle, and we are live here on the Take It Easy podcast on a Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Please download, rate, review, subscribe. We've got a fun show planned for you today, including a little game at the end. So if you wait on out through this, we might have a little game to play at the end, We can also play name that schedule real quick uh, in the NFL because the NFL NFL schedule reveal is tonight, but all these leaks are coming in, and I love the person at the NFL office who's like, oh, I got a great idea, great idea for our first game of the season. Let's put the Bears against the Rams on Sunday night football. That's a great-ass idea, but anyways, I ain't that mad. But it's just weird that they chose that game. Anyways, Packers and Saints, primetime. Love that. Uh, Browns-Chiefs, that's going to be awesome. Uh, Opening night, Cowboys and Bucks. Love that. Awesome. Epic matchups all across the board. Love it, love it, love it on the opening night matchups. Anyways, so we'll get the full NFL schedule reveal. I I hate doing the schedule reveal show, but you're damn right I'm going to be sitting down and watching the schedule reveal at its designated time on Sunday. You know damn well I'm going to be watching that schedule reveal. Uh, Let's start off with the way I want to start off all of these weeks, or all of the days here in this week, by hitting that music. That music means that this is our NBA champ week recap, which it's not technically champ week, but it's clinching week. It's the last week of the regular season. Regular season ends on Sunday. And so there is a lot to keep up with here in the NBA. So the first and foremost interesting thing, go find the video of Steph Curry just icing the Phoenix Suns last night. It was awesome. Uh, to see that video. So find that video. It's probably surfacing all over right now on Bleacher Ward or whatever app that you use
1: because it was
0: sick. Okay, so the big game of the night was the Miami Heat going up against the Boston Celtics. But before the game began, we had the news that Jalen Brown is out for the season for the Boston Celtics. And look, the Boston Celtics are now three games out after their loss to Miami tonight, which, by the way, propped Miami into a three-way tie with the Hawks and the Knicks. The tiebreaker would go Heat four, Hawks five, New York Knicks six seed. So the Miami Heat are now the four seed. Hawks are the five seed. Knicks are the six seed, which, to be honest, I think Hawks, Knicks, and Heat, if I were to pick the order, that would be probably the correct order I would choose of the seeding. But anyways, back to the Celtics who lose to the Heat. They announced before the game yesterday that they don't have Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is done for the season for the Boston Celtics uh, with a torn ligament in his wrist. And the Celtics being as far out as they are, it is probably the nail in the coffin for the Boston Celtics. It was the nail in the coffin last year for the 76ers when they were the sixth seed and lost Ben Simmons. Nail in the coffin for... Houston last year when they made it to the second round but then lost Russell Westbrook so it's probably it for Boston even if they you know win the play-in game against the Hornets or Pacers and end up making the seven seed Uh, not having Jalen Brown is the unofficial official nail in the coffin that this season is over for the Boston Celtics even though Jason Tatum has gone hero ball a few times in the last few weeks that's probably it for the Celtics. So, the Celtics lose to the Heat. That game was on TNT, game of the night. Hornets lose to the uh, Denver Nuggets, who, by the way, are just one game behind the Clippers in that uh, last playoff spot in the Western Conference. Or, I'm sorry, the third playoff spot in the Western Conference. The Warriors have now separated themselves a little bit from the Grizzlies with their win. Um, But, the Dallas Mavericks lost last night to those Memphis Grizzlies by 29 freaking points. It was a dominating performance by Memphis and uh, John Morant and uh, Conchar and Brandon Clark and Dylan Brooks dropping 22 and Kyle Anderson putting up 15. Dominating performance by the Memphis Grizzlies. And Memphis ends up keeping pace with the Warriors and not locking themselves into that 9 seed. They're still going to have a chance at the very end to catch the Warriors. But going back to what we were saying before, if the Hornets are going to lose, the Celtics are going to lose, and the Mavericks are going to lose, this creates big opportunities for two teams last night. The Lakers and the Indiana Pacers. So let's start off with the Pacers. The Pacers were the nine seed going into last night. The Pacers were taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, eight-game win streak, best team in the in the Eastern Conference. But the 76ers were playing without Joel Embiid last night. And so this is opportunity time for the Pacers, who were playing without... Uh, who is that? I don't even know, actually, to be honest. Uh, but anyways, so... The, set, the Pacers did have Sabonis, Lavert, uh, Justin Holliday. Oh, they're missing uh, Malcolm Brogdon. That's who's not in the lineup for them. I knew, I knew O'Shea Brissett was not starting for the Indiana Pacers. Anyways, so Pacers end up going on a nine-point victory, getting a nine-point victory against the Philadelphia 76ers. They are now tied with the Hornets for the eighth play-in spot. The Hornets hold the tiebreaker, so Hornets are still in the eight, Pacers are the nine, but they gained a full game on Boston and the Hornets with now three to play. And the Lakers, without LeBron James, go to overtime against the New York Knicks, who after the win for the Miami Heat needed the victory because the New York Knicks are one we were one loss away last night from going from the 4 seed to the 6 seed and as we talked about before the Lakers would win in a slugging terribly offensive game they win 102 or sorry 101 99 in overtime which is just kind of sad cuz the New York Knicks just had Julius Randle and nothing else a 2 for 13 night for RJ Barrett doomed the New York Knicks Lakers got huge numbers out of Kyle Kuzma hit four threes and uh scored 23 points. THT the cult figure was awesome last night. Uh Andre Drummond had 16 and 18 and the Lakers got that win. So, as the standings look going into today where you know the Lakers play an easy game against the Rockets and the Blazers have to play at the Jazz. And the Mavericks have to play against the Pelicans. So tonight is going to be a big night for those three-team matchup in the West. Because now the standings go Portland 5. I apologize for yesterday for missing on that. Portland holds the tiebreaker head-to-head over Dallas. But loses a three-way tiebreaker between Dallas, Portland, and the Lakers. Portland is the 5. 10 games back. Dallas is the 6. Same record as Portland and the Lakers are one game back of Portland and Dallas whom I remind you they have to beat outright in order to secure a higher seed but so far that doesn't seem to be a problem for the Lakers. They're 1-0. The Blazers are 1-0 in the last week and the Mavericks are 0-1, so they've already gained a game on the Mavericks. With 3 to go, they just need to gain 2 on the Jazz and or on the Blazers and the Mavericks. And like I mentioned off the top, Lakers play the Rockets, should be an easy win, Blazers play the Jazz, and the Pelicans play against the Mavericks. So there's a chance tonight the Lakers can jump another game closer with either losses by Mavericks, Blazers, or both, and they secure an easy win against the tanking Houston Rockets. Should be interesting to watch that one. Hawks get the Wizards, that should be kind of interesting uh spurs play the nets spurs are just trying to keep off the pelicans which you know they're probably going to do that since the pelicans are two and a half out with three and a half to play or no with three to play sorry just three to play they're two and wait, how is that possible oh no three and a half out spurs have four games left uh yeah they are two and a half out with three and a half to play so pretty much looks like the end for the pelicans but still Interesting, interesting, interesting. So there is your NBA eight minutes of champ week, final week of the season, cover thing. Is that what we're calling it? I guess that's what we're calling it now. The cover thing. Support for the Take It Easy podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and today we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code TIE, that's T-I-E, at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked me up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit, including the best ball hair trimmer ever, the Lawn Mower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIE T-I-E at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code TIE. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, so here on a Wednesday, I wanted to talk a little bit about this story around the Oakland Athletics that got everyone excited yesterday. And the big news coming in was breaking from Jeff Passan, and I'll read the tweet too, but it's basically MLB has given permission to the Oakland Athletics to pursue alternative options outside of Oakland for relocation. And he listed Vegas, as the primary landing spot that we'd be talking about for a relocation of the Oakland Athletics in an attempt to expedite the process on the Oakland Athletics getting their ballpark voted on in Oakland by their recess this July within the city council. So, this is a vote where, because this is not an increase in taxpayer dollars, this is a diversion of taxpayer dollars. There is not a direct vote from the people on the stadium. This is a vote by the city council to decide whether or not the new Jack London Square Stadium will be built in Oakland. And so Oakland is left to their own devices in waiting and getting the decision on the stadium and what baseball wants to do is expedite this process so people saw that headline yesterday and started going crazy at the idea of another relocation in baseball but for those who have been following baseball pretty consistently and even those that are like casual baseball fans who are interested in the sports business side of things which I'm very interested in the idea of stadiums and stadium relocations and things like that it's very, very interesting to see the reaction after this. So today I wanted to put on my little John Oliver reporting hat and just do a little in-depth story here on the Oakland A's Coliseum and the new stadium that is being built in its place because this is a 20-year battle, two decades long, and people who think that this kind of sprung up out of nowhere, the reality is the Oakland A's And the Tampa Bay Rays have been going on a decade in Major League Baseball, figuring out stadium situations. And in the case of Oakland, it's stretched across two decades of Oakland stadiums, one decade fighting over this exact location in Howard Terminal for a baseball stadium, and included a U.S. Supreme Court decision and a flirting with San Jose. So, to start, I wanted to play this clip from just over a year ago. This was a podcast we did at the beginning of the pandemic, talking about 10 years of relocation in professional sports. So I just wanted to play this clip as a precursor to the conversation that we're going to have around the athletics. I think Nashville will end up being rewarded with the Rays. Oakland, which we will get to in a little bit is going to have a deal to make to try and get a stadium. I ultimately believe Oakland will get a new baseball park. They won't have to relocate. Um, Ownership will be able to build a smaller venue um, in the Oakland area. If not there, then they'll probably be looking at a Portland relocation. Um, But I think Oakland will get that stadium done. 2023 will be a busy year for that. Oakland gets a new ballpark for the athletics. Buffalo renovates the old ballpark or the football stadium, uh negotiates probably a 7-year extension on the lease, 8-year extension on the lease just to put pressure for when they have to inevitably get a new stadium. So in this new Athletics ballpark, the time frames have been moved up on it. I said 2023, but it appears that the time frames have now been moved up on this because The deal was sent to the Oakland City Council after we had given out that podcast back in July of 2020, and the Major League Baseball owners are ready to expedite this process a bit and figure out whether or not the Oakland Athletics are going to get a new ballpark after two decades. And to be honest, there is now a scenario where realistically, this is the last season for the Oakland Athletics in Oakland if they decide on this stadium deal before their recess in mid-july which is the deadline that major league baseball gave the city before they allow oakland to start looking for a new stadium now i don't know if that pressure is going to work or whether or not oakland had agreed on deciding upon this stadium but the covid pandemic kind of threw a loop in mlb's plans around this stadium but here's some of the basic information around the jack london stadium in oakland the stadium would be paid for uh, with you know close to 522 million dollars the whole site would be renovated at 1.2 billion dollars and The Oakland Athletics are requesting for basically the renovation of the whole area, not for the ballpark itself. The ballpark itself would be entirely privately funded, but for the surrounding area, the Oakland Ballpark Group is asking for $800 million to be repayable through taxes generated by the stadium across 10 to 15 years. It's a pretty good deal in comparison to a lot of these privately funded stadiums of the past few decades from the Miami Marlins being the most prominent example on down of like distrust between local government and team and building a stadium with taxpayer dollars. It's one of the last of such deals that's going to exist. And recently we've seen a lot of taxpayers in cities where there's no state income tax, where a lot of the income is gambling money, oil money, or tourism money, building stadiums all across the country for teams to come play. in Vegas is the perfect example. They built a fully funded stadium with, taxpayer, with gambling taxpayer dollars for a hockey team or a basketball team that did not exist yet. And so they built the T-Mobile Arena, and then they built the the Raiders a new stadium, fully funded, and didn't you know didn't blink an eye because they have so much. They're flush with taxpayer gambling money, so they built a Raiders stadium. Uh, Texas Rangers just got a ballpark out there. The Orlando Stadium has been totally renovated. It's now like a eight hundred seat eight hundred thousand not eight hundred thousand eighty thousand seat stadium that does not have a professional team. They just have UCF football and the Pro Bowl down in Orlando, so I'm surprised the NFL hasn't used that threat yet to uh, potentially use a relocation, but the NFL settled all their relocations already with the Oakland, San Diego, and St. Louis teams all moving to Los Angeles and Vegas each, respectively. So, That's the idea of the Oakland ballpark. Now, here is the story behind the Oakland Athletics Baseball Stadium. Because in 2001, the first efforts to build a stadium was proposed to the city. And this is coming off of the Raiders returning to Oakland and Mount Davis being built with 20,000 more seats at the Oakland Coliseum. And so in 2001, Oakland proposes a new uptown site ballpark that immediately gets rejected by Oakland Mayor Jerry Brown over the fact that the stadium deal would be funded on taxpayer dollars. So immediately rejected. So by 2005, they reconvene and build a new stadium plan, and it's the 66th Avenue site, a.k.a. Cisco Field, in Fremont, which is a suburb area of Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. So by 2006, they announced this new plan for a stadium. They're pushing it through. They're trying to get a ballot measure. And by 2009, public resistance is so strong to the stadium that they just bail on it altogether. So now we get to 2010. They've been fighting for a new stadium for about a decade. And by 2010, the city of Oakland proposes a waterfront ballpark in Jack London Square, a.k.a. the exact stadium now being voted on by the city of Oakland in mid or hopefully as MLB's hoping, by mid-July by the MLB, or by the city of Oakland and their um, their leaders, their elected officials. So in 2010, they proposed this new ballpark, and then they put that stadium on the back burner because of a new three site, three venue development at the Coliseum site. And so a lot of favor has been in the works for a Oakland Coliseum stadium, like building in the parking lot because all the infrastructure is there. But Major League Baseball's concern is that this stadium is too far out. They'd prefer to have the waterfront ballpark, the downtown central location, baseball, does not believe that that site is still viable for baseball and so they announce a plan to build a stadium in San Jose in 2012 because baseball is resistant to the Coliseum location. So a year later they talk about a San Jose stadium and the San Francisco Giants say no you can't do that because you're within 150 miles of the stadium. I believe the number, maybe it's 75, maybe it's 75 miles. But basically the San Francisco Giants say, that is where we broadcast our games. There's mostly Giants fans in San Jose. We aren't going to let you move into our area. And so they abandon the San Jose one. And in 2014, the A's start talking about building a baseball only stadium at the Coliseum despite the fact that Major League Baseball still objects to the idea of building in the Coliseum. And at the same time, they're still fighting for San Jose, taken all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, where they deny the San Jose bid, basically ending the the run for the athletics. Now, the athletics were moving on. San Jose wanted to disprove the territorial rights thing. They lose in the Supreme Court. They will not get the Oakland Athletics. And so then by 2016, everything's starting to come into focus. And baseball's getting worn thin a bit because the city wants to build on the Coliseum site and they want to build on the waterfront. And so in 2016, they're choosing between the city location on the Bayfront and the location of the Coliseum. So building on the exact spot where the Warriors play and where the Raiders currently play. So they'd build in the parking lot, tear down the stadium, and that site would become the parking lot. And so this is two years later when the Athletics proposed to buy the Coliseum site totally outright in exchange for paying off the debt owed to the Alameda County. So that way they could set in motion the potential relocation, and in that same year, the 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 Oakland A's obviously deny the Coliseum location because baseball does not feel that location is viable because of its you know f- exclusivity. It's basically off the freeway. It's a little bit farther away to get to. It's not really near any big time like entertainment district or anything and that's why baseball wants to renovate the Oakland area as a whole similarly to what like the Padres did in 2004 with downtown San Diego I just know that example as a Padres fan so they want to build on the waterfront the city still wants to build on the Coliseum site and so at the same time they're trying to fight for the Raiders situation but they totally are like Look, you got to go. We ain't building you a new stadium. We're sorry. You got to leave. We can't build the Raiders and the A's a new stadium all at once. Raiders, you got to go. We're just not going to give you any taxpayer money. And Vegas gave them an awesome deal, as Vegas will probably do for the athletics and give them an awesome deal. And so the Raiders leave, and then all of a sudden the pandemic happens and when the pandemic happens all of a sudden all these timelines are thrown into loops and baseball has to pause the Oakland project until now when as they start coming out of the pandemic and they've sent the they've sent the final plans over to the city at this point they now have said okay we got to expedite this process The pandemic has happened. We got to expedite this process on the Oakland Stadium and the Tampa Bay Stadium deal. Oakland's deal with the Coliseum expires in 2024 and the Tampa Bay deal expires in 2027 with the Rays. But baseball's like, look, we got to expedite this process real quick right now. And so what they're looking at right now is the Oakland athletics who again they extended their lease like a decade ago and there was thought like this could be a nice little like turnaround for the team and it did not end up being such for trying to get that stadium done at the Howard Terminal site which is not as beloved by the city but the A's definitely want that area to build that stadium and so Oakland is now put in this situation where baseball is trying to expedite this process. But why is baseball trying to speed up this process and put pressure on the Oakland City Council to move up their timeline so that MLB can move on with this Oakland and Tampa Bay thing? Because baseball now has an additional agenda that they would like to take care of. And that is expansion. The pandemic has put baseball in a position where expansion has become once again an extremely viable option for Major League Baseball. And they've talked about expansion fees for new teams starting around like $2.5 billion or $2 billion for a new team. And that extra $4 billion in revenue split between the 32 different owners, that's $125 million in additional revenue from adding two expansion teams to Major League Baseball. So, baseball is looking into an expansion team. And they want to get this over with in Oakland and Tampa so that they know which cities to grant expansion teams to. And right now, there are two cities, well, three cities, that are really pushing for baseball teams. Montreal, Las Vegas, and Nashville. I mentioned Portland in the clip about Oakland, and Portland has gone away a little bit in the aftermath of the pandemic in terms of like push for a stadium. Like the the team is still together in like trying to get a stadium in Portland, but overwhelmingly they started to move away. There's also talks of a Charlotte relocation that seems more unlikely, and of course, there's the grandiose plan of putting a team in Mexico City. But the three cities that you can emphasize is the biggest for a new stadium deal. Vegas, Nashville, and Montreal. And we've already seen Montreal be used as a negotiating tactic by the Rays when they proposed that weird situation where they play half their home games in Montreal and half their home games in Tampa. Now, the pandemic just made that totally unfeasible, but... It was already crazy enough in the beginning, and Oakland is obviously now connected to Las Vegas, and I thought Portland was a viable option, but now it makes way too much sense that baseball would want a team in Vegas. They're going to get a team either by expansion or via relocation. Vegas is going to get a professional baseball team. I think Montreal might be second on that list, and then Nashville, who is as I talked about in that 10 years of relocation, not in the clip, but in the episode, Nashville has had a group put together for years and years of getting an expansion team to Nashville. The Nashville AAA team, which I believe hosts the Texas Rangers, sells out some of the biggest numbers of AAA games in baseball. So Nashville is aggressively looking for an MLB expansion team. They're putting a group together to get about two to two and a half billion dollars of investment in creating the nashville baseball group and if they're awarding an expansion team then they'll figure out the ownership structure so baseball is looking aggressively into the nashville situation montreal is being used as tampa bay's negotiating leverage and vegas is being used as oakland's negotiating leverage with the athletics And so baseball wants this process as soon as possible now. One, they want a decision on... This is the timeline for baseball. They want a decision on the Oakland Stadium by late July. That's what they're talking about because that's when the uh, the Oakland City Council goes on hiatus. They go on vacation in late July and don't reconvene until September. So the team wants a decision by late July on what's going to happen to the Howard Terminal Stadium and whether or not it's going to be approved by the city council to begin construction. Two, the results of this will allow MLB to relocate the athletics this off-season or next off-season if need be. They can reconvene at the owners' meetings in November and vote to relocate the Athletics to Vegas or Portland, but most likely Vegas, according to what Jeff Passan has been saying. So they can start working on that deal this offseason and potentially relocate the A's in 2021, leading into the 22 season, or 22 leading into the 23 season. Three, MLB pushes forward on the Tampa Bay Stadium deal by next year, or by 2023, trying to push the Yuba County deal forward or whatever they're gonna end up trying to do with the Rays Stadium. That may or may not lead to their relocation, but Tampa Bay holds that lease until 2027, and they seem like they're not going to let the Rays out of that lease without some sort of like weird buyout or whatever it is, but it seems like they're intent on making the Rays stick in that stadium for the next six years. But baseball wants to resolve Oakland which they can do faster and they want to resolve Tampa as fast as they can in order to four move forward with expansion teams. So to get those two out of the way and what's crazy about this is that they've been dominating the news for so long that we're now like waiting and waiting and waiting to see if expansion teams are going to come in Major League Baseball and just looks like It's going to happen slowly but steadily, but it's also delayed a lot of stadiums being built in the last decade. MLB's emphasis over and over again on figuring out the Oakland Stadium and the Tampa Stadiums, it's taken so much of a drain on baseball. And apart from the white flight of the Atlanta Braves from downtown to Cobb County, or the Texas Rangers getting their new state-of-the-art ballpark, or... The Miami Marlins getting their gigantic new ballpark. Like, baseball has not had a ton of brand-new ballparks since their just gigantic influx of them in the 2000s. The 2010s, they didn't need a ton of ballparks because guess who got new ballparks before? Angels renovated their stadium. Dodgers renovated their stadium. Padres, new ballpark. Rockies, new ballpark. Uh... Minnesota Twins, new ballpark, New York Mets, new ballpark, Cardinals, new ballpark, Giants, new ballpark, Yankees, new ballpark. They got all kinds of new stadiums in the 2000s. And so by the 2010s, it was stadiums that were built in the 90s that became old because everyone got their stadium in just a run over and over, whether it was Minnesota, San Francisco, the Padres, Diamondbacks, like everyone got a new stadium in the 2000s and by the 2010s it was just Atlanta and Texas and Miami being a holdover and that's about it. And they've been fighting and fighting and fighting on this Oakland and Tampa Bay situation for two decades now. And well with Oakland or with Oakland two decades but with Tampa closer to a decade but it's been a remarkable run that now with the with the possibility of expansion on the horizon Baseball really wants to expedite this process, and so they're putting pressure on the city of Oakland to make that decision on the Oakland ballpark within the next two months instead of the original three-year time frame that we talked about back in 2020 around the baseball stadium park. They want to expedite this to a one-year, one-and-a-half-year process instead of the three-year process that we thought it would be last year. So that's the new development on the Oakland ballpark that I find to be extremely, extremely fascinating. Alright y'all, let's finish off with a fun little segment here to close out the day. And it's a game that I like to call, in the spirit of talking about the Oakland A's ballpark, name that... Stadium! Welcome to a game of Name That Stadium. We've got five stadiums for you to try and name here today because the naming rights on ballparks and stadiums and arenas are always just so weird. So, we've got five different stadiums of three different sports for y'all to name today and we're going to kick this one off with the Seattle Mariners. What is the name of the Seattle Mariners ballpark? Is it A. Safeco Field B. State Farm Field or C. T-Mobile Field If you guess. Wait for people to pause if they want more time. C, T-Mobile Park or T-Mobile Field. Congratulations. You are correct. The answer is C, T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Next up, we have the Houston Texans. Is the Houston Texans stadium a Reliant Stadium? B, NRG Stadium, or C, First Energy Stadium? The answer is B, NRG Stadium, home of the Houston Texans. Always a weird name, but all of them energy companies. So that's a fun way to think about it. You've got NRG, First Energy, and Reliant, all energy companies, all the names of stadiums, but this one happens to be the name of the Texas Stadium. Next up, what is the name of the Jacksonville Jaguars Stadium? Is it A, -A TIAA Bank Stadium, B, ever bank stadium or c truest bank stadium that's truest spelled t-r-u-i-s-t truest stadium if you guessed a -A t-i-a-a bank stadium you are correct The Jaguars Stadium is named TIAA Bank Stadium with a very prominent advertisement named Dick's Wings, which I absolutely love that that is a local business in Jacksonville paying tons of money to advertise at an NFL stadium. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. Next up, we have the Miami Marlins. Is the Miami Marlins Stadium named a... Marlins Park, B, American Airlines Park, or C, Lone Depot Park. If you guessed C, Lone Depot Park, then you are correct. The Miami Marlins are now Lone Depot Park in Miami. And finally, here in our game, what is the name of the Miami Heat basketball arena? Is it A, the American Airlines Arena? Is it B, the Carnival Arena, based on Carnival Cruises? Or C, is it FTX Arena? If you guessed C, FTX Arena, then you are correct. The Miami Heat play at the FTX Arena, which is a cryptocurrency exchanging website. And they have a new sponsorship for the next two decades on the formerly known American Airlines Arena. But hey, if you're American Airlines, you still got the... uh, I think the stadium for the Dallas Mavericks is still named after you. So it's a lot of American Airlines, a lot of Mercedes-Benz. It's always fun to play name that stadium with some wacky fun NFL, MLB, NBA stadiums where the partnerships change all the time and it's impossible to figure out who is what sponsorship. So congratulations. If you want to leave, leave your number correct, drop a little comment down on Apple Podcast At the very bottom, scroll to the bottom. And you might see something that says, write a review. If you write a review, tell us what you got on your score of of name that ballpark. Give us like a four out of five, a three out of five, two out of five, whatever you scored. Leave that comment down on Apple Podcasts. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping into the Take It Easy podcast. We got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday as well as wired up on Sundays. Keep downloading, keep leaving those five star reviews and keep leaving those. So are uh, leaving those, well, I guess downloads, five star reviews, and uh, I guess following. Just follow us on Apple Podcast. That's always a big plus. So with that being said, we're gonna just walk off on that terrible dismount and say, Take it easy. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.